You know what the currency in heaven is? It's love. The currency of heaven is love. He hates the Jesus in you. Did you know that? He don't necessarily hate us. He hates the Jesus in us. Do you know how we can combat that? Just put it out there even more. Just put it out in your face, devil. You know what I'm saying? Just put it out there even more. You get the wind knocked out of you, you get up again, and you give him a black eye. In today's message, Associate Pastor of Southside Christian Fellowship, Joni Richardson, takes a deeper look with us at what it means to have a spiritual network. I got a series of questions I'm going to ask you this morning. The first one is, do you know what your net worth is? Do you know what your net worth is? And another question is, why do we need to know our net worth? It's because it's valuable. It's valuable, isn't it? So, and why do we, uh, why do we invest our money into a financial institution? Why do we invest in CDs or the market, you know, uh, the bank? It's to make a profit. We do it to make a profit, don't we? We invest something of value to make an increase. Investing makes an increase. Um, what, what's interest? Well, if you put it in a bank, the interest is the things that you draw simply because you put something valuable in the bank. Did you do anything to earn it? That interest? You didn't do a thing to earn it, did you? It was just given to you because you placed something of treasure into that institution. So it's something that'll produce now, and it's something that'll produce in the future, right? So, you know, when we sold our building, we made a profit off of it. And so, to be good stewards, Jim, Eddie, and myself, went and we sat down and we talked to a financial advisor so that we could find out the best thing to place that money in to make the most increase. What we could invest to make the most profit. Because, you know, we got to get another church, we got to build another church or buy another church, and, and so we need to be good stewards. So in the process, we're also talking to him about our own financial retirement funds, pastor's retirement funds. So in the process... He said he needs to ask us a series of questions. So he looks at me and he says, Joni, what's your net worth? And I gave him the old deer in the headlights look for a second and I said, you know, I don't really know. I don't really know down to the penny what my net worth is. So that got me to thinking. I told Eddie later. Now, Eddie knows a lot about my business because ever since my husband, Jess, went to be with Jesus, um, Eddie has helped me tremendously with a lot of my business that I didn't know, you know, what to do. 
And uh, so I told him, I said, we need to sit down and we need to figure, I'd like to know what my net worth is. I mean, how many of you just really, you just want to know what your net worth is? <laughs> so, so I said, we need to do that. So then a few weeks later, I was putting on my makeup one morning. And you know, it's just the weirdest thing. I don't know about y'all, but God talks to me when I'm putting my makeup on, getting ready for work and stuff in the morning more than any time ever. Do y'all have a place that maybe God, you seem like you, God speaks to you more than the other places? And he speaks to me in these one-word sentences that makes me have to rock back, you know, and go, oh, you know, it gets your attention, doesn't it? These one-sentence, these one-sentence things that he gives you makes you think, doesn't it? So as I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, you know, if we have a few minutes today, I want to sit down with him, and I won't, like that I have just gobs of money or anything, but, you know, there's something in me that wants to know what my net worth is. And so I said, if we have some time today, I want to sit down with him, and I want us to figure out really what my net worth is. The minute I got through thinking that, I heard the Holy Spirit say, What's your spiritual net worth? And it, it just slapped me in the face. I thought, my spiritual net worth? What, what, what am I worth spiritually, right? What have I invested in spiritually? So I'll ask you all that question. What is your spiritual net worth? What have you invested yourself in, your time in, your money in, the things that are valuable to you. So, <clears throat> so let me ask you another question. What are you worth to God? What are you worth to God? And, and how much has he invested in you? I want you to think about these things. How much has God invested in you? He invested everything. He laid down his life for us. He, he, he paid the price. Did we pay it? We didn't pay the price for eternity, for salvation. We didn't pay it. He did. Did we do anything to earn it? We didn't do anything except just accept him. And then we get all that heaven has promised here on earth and in heaven, don't we? So when you look at your spiritual net worth, how does it add up? How does your spiritual net worth add? I want you all to think about this stuff. Think about this. And, and you, know, you know what the currency in heaven is? It's love. The currency of heaven is love. Our currency, a lot of times, is stuff. But the currency of heaven is love. And David knew that because in Psalms 138.14, he says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. How? I know that full well. And then Paul, 
in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. One translation says earthen vessels. What are earthen vessels? They're made out of dirt, aren't they? Earthen vessels are made out of dirt. Dirt mixed with water to form a vessel that's useful for something, to put something valuable in. So outwardly, we're just a container, aren't we? That's all we are is a container. I don't qualify to be up here. But God, the Holy Spirit in me, has qualified me, just like he's qualified you to walk out the destiny that, you, that he placed in you. So we're basically containers of dirt. So we're dirt bags. We're just dirt bags. And earthen vessels, those clay pots that you plant your flowers in, they're really fragile, aren't they? They're easy, easy, easy to break. So we're just a bunch of crack pots, aren't we? We're chipped. We're flawed. We don't look pretty all the time. But he still chose us, didn't he? To put something valuable in. They're just so easily broken. Aren't we easily broken? But he deposited something of priceless value inside of these cracked pots, inside of these dirt bags that's of great value. And that's what makes us valuable. That's what makes us just be all that God put us here to be. You know, I don't care how famous you are. I don't care how many talents you have. I don't care how much money you have. Or things you have, that's not going to matter. You're still broken and you're still flawed without God. Without God. But we hold the most valuable thing that ever was, and that's the Holy Spirit of God. So I don't know about y'all, but I love visual aids. So... I had to put my visual aid in a Georgia sack. <laughs> Can we say go dogs? All right. Go dogs. Hold on one second. Youth, it has nothing in it, okay? It has nothing in it. Sorry. Okay, so... You go and you order a pizza. And so you go to the door, and the little guy brings the pizza to the door, and he's holding the pizza in his hand like this right here. And he's just holding it in his hand. And cheese is just dripping all down his arms, and sauce is just dripping all down his arms. And you go to the door, and you, and you look at him, and you go, where's the box? Where's the box? This box didn't cost me a penny. It was free. I was going to pay for it when it went to Domino's, but she said, no, nah, it's free. It's a free gift. But you know what? This box 
is not valuable at all. But what goes in the box is of value. Not, what's, not, what, not the box, but what's in the box. So what's in you is of great value to God. Not your outside, flawed, cracked container. What's in the box? Don't praise the box. Praise the thing that's in the box. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. So that's my visual aid. Um, so how do we see ourselves? And, you know, people with big egos, they think they are all of that. Some people with big egos just, just do that because they're trying to cover up an insecurity, right? And then there are people that thinks that they are useless, they are no good to anybody or for anything. Maybe it's because of feelings of guilt or inadequacy, some kind of sin in their lives. But that's not so, is it? That is not so. So, since we're in Christ, we really have to strive to get out of that mindset that we're no good, that we're worthless, that we can't do anything for God. You know, another thing that considers the value of a thing is how much effort that you take to put into it. How much effort are we taking to invest in our spiritual net worth? Do we just get up every morning and go do exactly what we want to do? Or when we get up in the morning, do we say, good morning, Lord. What are we going to do today? We start to go to uh, Walmart or school or anything like that. We need to, we need to ask ourselves, you say, hey, God, let's go, to, let's go to Walmart. Let's mean you go to Walmart. Let's go, let's go see, what you, and see what you want to do in Walmart. You know, let's go. Let's go here. Let's go there. Let's carry him with us. Let's ever be mindful that he is with us. And we're not always good at that, are we? But what does it take? It takes practice, doesn't it? It takes practice to actually realize that the Holy Spirit of God is going with us everywhere we go and that we have the power in us to speak the word, lay hands on the sick, and to do those things he has given us. We have great power in us, and we are not using it all, are we? But we have to be mindful. And the way you do that is to keep your eyes fixed. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus all the time. We all make mistakes. You probably made one this morning before you came to church. Anybody get mad at their spouse, their kid? You know what I'm saying? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> I know when my kids were at home, I mean, it would be like, get ready, we're going to be late. Where's my hairbrush, Amy? You have barred my shoes again, and you did not bring those back. Oh, my gosh. How hard is it for you just to bring my shoes back when you get through barring them? <laughs> or my hairbrush? I'm not putting up with this every single Sunday morning. And they're right. Then we come to church for a lot. Yes, I'm so holy. Yes. So, but our mistakes, we have to remember, are not what defines us. God is who defines who we are. God does, and he says we're priceless. If we believe the lie of the enemy, 
We're never going to amount it to anything. Never. We have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. You know, another thing that's of great value, it, it w- will be very attracted to thieves. If you've got something real valuable, trust me, there's thieves that are watching out to try to steal it. If you don't have anything of great value, they're not going to bother you with you. So trust me, the enemy, the world has a contract out on you. They have a contract out on you. The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So if you, since you have value, the enemy's going to try to lie to you about your self-worth, lie to you about who you are in him. He's going to try to steal every bit of it because he hates the Jesus in you. He hates the Jesus in you. Did you know that? He don't necessarily hate us. He hates the Jesus in us. So you know how we can combat that? Just put it out there even more. Just put it in your face, devil. You know what I'm saying? Just put it out there even more. You get the wind knocked out of you, you get up again, and you give him a black eye for some of the things that you're going through right now. Um, John 4, 4 says about that. He says, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. Who's in the world? The devil. Who's in the world? People that will try to tempt you and influence you, that'll try to get you to degrade yourself under the guise of love. That's not love. That's not love. Somebody tries to degrade you. You young girls, if you're degrading yourself for a guy to look at you, that's not love. That is not love. They are lusting after your body. And that is a lie of the enemy, and it will bring down your self-worth faster than anything. Well, same thing with guys. Y'all go after a girl that's like that, you just bringing yourself down. Um, so, in John 4, 4, when he talks about that, this, this John 4 proves that we are of worth and we're the great, that we're the pearl of great price that God sold his ultimate treasure for, which is Jesus. You know, sometimes we find it easier to tell other people God loves you than to tell our own selves that, right? That's sort of like religion, isn't it? Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. Oh, did you know Jesus loves you? Did you know? Well, did you know Jesus loves you? You know, do we know Jesus loves us? Let's don't go around being all religious and everything. You know, it's great to tell people that Jesus loves them, as long as you know Jesus loves you too. Isn't that that right? When we look at all that God has done and said to show us how much we mean to him, then all those feelings of inadequacy will fade. Another thing that shows our spiritual net worth is the actual purchase price 
of a thing. I want y'all to think about that. You've paid a lot of money for some things, whether you needed it or not. We've done it. And 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, Knowing that you are ransomed from this futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, or, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb, without blemish or spot. And Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Revelation 5, 9 says, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. These are words of life. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore your sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Some people pay hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars to things that are of value to them. They collect antiques, you know, vases, movie star memorabilia, old cars, even those little beanie baby things and just all kinds of stuff, you know. <laughs> I mean, things that are going to burn up, things that are going to perish, things that are going to tarnish, things that are going to be worth nothing, nothing. And, you know, there, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having nice stuff and buying stuff and if you know and if you want the mo- if you have the money if you have the money and you really want it then get it that's what my husband used to always say we'd go shopping and stuff you know I'd see this purse or something that's real expensive or something and I'd be like man I want that purse you know and and I'd say but it's too much because I was the frugal one y'all all know I was a frugal one y'all know y'all know some of y'all know Jess you know Mister Mister if you yeah. You know. Anyway, so I would say, no, it's too much money. I'm not going to do that. And he'd say, Joni, do you want the purse? And I said, yeah, I want it, but I'm not spending that. I'm not spending that much money for it. And he said, if you want the purse, get it. Do you want it? Get it. If you want it, get it. And so, and so it could have been real easy to take advantage of him, <laughs> but I didn't because guess what? His money was my money, and my money was his money, and there wasn't nothing, you know, there, I mean, you can do that, but then you're both going to run out of money if you don't have it to pay your bills, right? So anyway, that's just love. That's just love. So anyway, people actually, to get money, are doing all kind of gross things, too. They go on television, and they'll cover themselves with spiders and snakes and Rats for a certain amount of time just to get the almighty dollar. They'll, they'll pay a price just to get that money. But you know what? No one ever went to a further length to get something than God did. When he sent Jesus 
to come and get us. He came and he got us. Man, think about that. He came and he rescued us. Just think about that. So what I'm saying is uh, a thing's value is determined by the amount of effort that it's spent to get it and keep it safe. When we got something valuable, we keep it safe, don't we? We lock it up. We got fire boxes. We got safety deposit boxes. We got vaults. We got gun safes. How many of here's got a gun safe? They keep their gun. Nobody in here has a Nobody in here has a gun safe. Okay. Two, three, okay, four, if I see, y'all just embarrassed to say, what's the matter? Y'all aren't one of these anti-gun people, are you? Because <laughs> you know? I pack a 38 snub nose, and y'all better get out of my way. Let me just tell you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, we want to keep our valuables safe, don't we? We do. Um... Lost my place. You know, you're talking about old things. I love to go thrift shopping. Margaret. I love to go thrift shopping. And I like to get things that are chipped and broken and tarnished and messed up. And I like to take them to my shop. And I like to fix them up. Make them look pretty. Make them look like new. And that... That just gives me a, ah, I did it, I did it, you know, and it's something special to me. Well, God likes to do that too. He likes to take all of us chipped, tarnished, broken pieces of dirt bag crack bots, and he likes to make something beautiful. He's into the refurbishing business. Yeah. One man's trash is another man's treasure. <laughs> you know what they say? So... <clears throat> First Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. One translation says, all things, one translation says, old things have passed away, and the new is here. I like that exclamation point. The new is here. Woo, we're new. Um, I just want you to take a minute to think about something for me. If heaven had a vault, if heaven had a vault to, most, to, to hold the most valuable possession that ever was, what would be kept in it? It wouldn't be silver, it wouldn't be gold, it wouldn't be your jewelry, it wouldn't be... You know anything? I mean, the streets are made of gold. The mansions are made of jewels. The gates are made of pearl. It wouldn't be any of that stuff. It would be the person of Jesus Christ in that vault. But you know what? He emptied himself out, didn't he? He emptied the vault God did when he sent Jesus. He emptied that vault. I mean, that just makes me have chill bumps. Today. He emptied the vault with this, through the obedience of Jesus to come 
Mm. He took the form of a servant. And he came in the flesh and he emptied himself out for us. Just these broken, flawed people. And he put the most valuable thing in these broken. He trusted us. He trusted us. He trusted us with himself. Are we worthy of that trust? Are we, are we using it? I mean, we weren't worthy. I mean, the box is not worthy. But he put in us something of great value. Philippians 2.7 says, But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. James 1.18 tells us, He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. Who's the true word? Jesus. We were born again when he gave us the true word. When he gave us Jesus, he gave birth to us. We're new creatures now. And, and out of all of his creation, I mean, the, these flowers, man, in the spring and all these different seasons and everything, all creation is really beautiful. I don't care where you travel to or whatever the, the seven wonders of the world that you go and see. Jesus said, we're his prized possession over all of creation. We're his prized possession. So I want to close. I will close with one more question. What have we invested into our spiritual net worth? Not enough. I'm just going to stand here. I raise my hand. Not enough. Not enough. Have we invested in something that we can leave behind? Have we invested in something we can take with us? Have we? I don't care how famous you are, how rich you are, how beautiful you are. If you've invested yourself in becoming those things, and a lot of the athletes and a lot of the movie stars and a lot of people have really done that. They climb that ladder to success. They're investing a great price to be famous, to be rich, to be, to be recognized. And they're going to die. You know what I'm saying? They're just going to die. And beauty fades. Riches fade. People, people you know... People go and they work out. They work out five, six days a week to get that body looking good, don't they? To get that body looking good. Not me, I'm sorry. I can't be doing all that. <laughs> I got time to do all that. But you know what? Skinny's going to pass in a lot of us. <laughs> sorry. But it, I mean, you know, it happens. You know, I, I, I used to be smaller than I am now, but you know what I'm saying? When you build those muscles up, that's going to pass too. Well, those muscles are going to pass. 
Muscles are good. I think you ought to have muscles. But if, but if muscles has got you and you don't have muscles, you know what I'm saying? Just don't have a thing have you. You know, don't be, you know, killing yourself to lose weight. Because if you do, the thing's got you. Don't be anorexic or bulimic or anything like that. Just to think that you have something of value, that you look good. We all want to look good. Goodness, there's nothing wrong with taking pride in yourself. But you know what I'm saying? Don't flip that thing. You can't, you can't put too much value in that kind of thing. It's going to be gone. I like the... I like that joke. I like that joke with the, uh, the old man when he was young. He was a bodybuilder. And he had all these muscles. And he was all buffed up, you know, and every, everything. But then when he got old, all those muscles started sagging, you know. You know how they do. <laughs> started just sagging. And I like what Judy always says. When you get old, you start looking like a melted candle. She also says this other thing. She says, you know what? Time's passing so fast, it's like a roll of toilet paper. The closer it gets to the end, the faster it rolls. <laughs> but back to the old man that was a bodybuilder. He laughed. He said, yeah, I used to have all these muscles and everything, but now my chest is done fell in my drawers. <laughs> I like that. Okay, the only thing that lasts is the eternal. Matthew six nineteen and 20 says, Do not store for a, up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And Isaiah fifty eight ten and 11 says, And if you spend your time in behalf of the hungry... And the poor, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light shall shine in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always, He'll satisfy your needs in a sun scorched land, and will strengthen your frame. You know, He renews our youth like the eagles when we invest in our spiritual net worth. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. So we need to leave behind a legacy. We've talked a lot about legacy. We need to leave behind a legacy, don't we? To our family. We need to leave our footprints and our fingerprints on people's hearts and on people's lives and on the world that's what we can leave behind. Don't we? So my final question is, have we invested our lives in something we can take with us and leave behind? Have we invested in something that's carnal or natural or something that is eternal and spiritual. If we're in Christ, we can do both. We have the both of both best of both worlds, this world and the world to come. We can have both. We can have our cake and eat it too, can't we? So, 
my challenge to you is that I'd like for us all, me, big time included, to commit, to commit to invest better and more into our spiritual networks. Eddie Mason is the senior pastor at Southside Christian Fellowship, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. Please join us every Sunday morning. For service times, location, and other information about the church, visit us at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. Once again, thank you for listening, and may God bless and keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.